0: Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit
1: W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome. As the kickoff visits the news desk, you can go home again. Why is it called that? You'll see in a few moments. I'm your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. I am the voice of reason, allegedly, around these parts. Joining me, as per usual, he is the DSDO, the executive producer of this here shenanigan, Mr. Eric Watkins.
2: Stay classy, W2M, and this will be the last time you potentially hear my voice this week while I will be sober.
1: So, we call this You can Go Home Again, because normally this would be the part where I introduce the unprofessional Jason Teasley. However, Jason has decided that the news desk is not really his forte, because it's entirely freaking possible that this could be a two-hour podcast. However, the man who is filling into the news desk for us, making his return to the kickoff, and hopefully he won't be a stranger during the season, it's the Riz, Randy Isbell. And <laughs> I'm Okay, that's all you can tell without us getting sued. Sorry. I couldn't
2: find the pause button. I'm back. How's it going? How are you guys doing? Are you it's better have- now that you're not on your whole rancid game show bracket self. We're,
0: we're on pause for that. I'm, I'm rebuilding. <laughs>
1: he has to be repulsive randy again the next time we record uh once again folks if you look in the archives you'll find a couple episodes official proper promotion of the show coming soon to w2mnet.com which reminds me we are actually available online at w2mnet.com in addition to all of your favorite podcast listening services we'll detail those in great detail later but one of the places that you can listen to the kickoff is on amazon music by going to get backslash w2m network or or by searching for W2M Network on any Alexa enabled device. That's a timestamp. Well, look at you getting the ad read in within the first two minutes. I'm on the ball tonight. Um, we will eventually be joined, we think, by the locksmith, Kennedy Eddings. We'll explain that nickname. Once she actually arrives, if she's able to join us, she was having situations with the little guy, so we'll see if that happens. But for now, in lieu of Kennedy appearing, Mr. Watkins, yes? let's go to sports, and football specifically.
2: All right. Well, since this is our first news desk in a while, I've had to revamp some things, so... You are going to have these in chunks. Our first chunk is appropriately titled, What's on the Telly? With your subtopics, hard knocking on the NFL's door, and don't change that channel. So far, we've narrowed it down to five teams from the quickly approaching new seasonal hard knocks. Dallas, Jason's New York Giants, Carolina, Arizona, and Denver. All of them in the running with persistent rumors that the Jaguars could possibly volunteer for this season. And when we actually get the season underway, we'll be counting down to the beginning of a landmark 11-year, $110 billion broadcast deal that will see ABC rejoin the Super Bowl broadcast rotation beginning in 2026, ESPN will begin to flex, as they will have their Monday night flex availability beginning in week 12, and four teams will be allowed two games apiece. Plus, in the land of Bezos, Amazon Prime will be the exclusive home of
1: Thursday night football. Yeah, because CBS and or NBC and Fox realized it wasn't doing enough for their ratings having games on a Thursday night.
2: I don't know why sports love having like Thursday night a thing here in the NFL in Australia. I'm like, yeah, I get it, but there's a point of saturation going on here.
1: All right, let's start with hard knocks here. Um, honestly, I, I kind of, I'm kind of hoping that it, it does end up being your Jacksonville Jaguars era just because of the probable. Interesting dynamic that we're going to see coming from new coach Er Urban Meyer and more than likely first overall pick Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I get it,
2: but as is, I already know we're going to be on borrowed time before Urban Meyer starts losing a bunch and then his heart issue could come back into play or brain issue could come back into play. I mean... Give him some time, at least away from a lot of the cameras for a little bit. See things go before he delves into trying to solve our
1: misery. <laughs> Randy, I'm, since you used a wrestling reference with your return, I'm going to give you one here. How long until or how how long until Urban pulls a Shawn Michaels and loses his smile?
0: Oh, man, uh, week ten. <laughs> The, the moment they, they've lost 10 games, you will go, that's it. I, I can't do it anymore. I, I'm with you guys. I, I like the idea of it being Jacksonville just for to be able to watch the rebuild of a team with the new coach and admire and Trevor Lawrence. I do think, though, and it all depends on what happens at the draft tomorrow, but if the Denver Broncos end up still taking a quarterback with their first-round pick, I would really like to have them on hard knocks just so we could see the QB battle between Locke and Bridgewater and then whichever quarterback they get and and seeing that develop would be pretty interesting for me too.
2: If assuming I'm assuming Locke is still gonna be there. Right.
1: If I'm not mistaken, Mr. Watkins, I believe both of us had a certain new North Dakota State bison quarterback going to Denver at that slot.
2: Yeah well You kind of swayed me towards it a little bit, but if it so happens to betray Lance, especially with how his quote-unquote last season at North Dakota State went, that would just add an extra dynamic to play out on TV. Not to mention HBO kind of needs to rebound from last season.
1: See, I would think that Randy would be interested in seeing Carolina on Hard Knocks just to see what happens with the Sam Darnold situation.
0: Yeah, but that's not going to make great HBO TV. I mean, Darnold's going to have the job, unless for the same billing, if Carolina still drafts a quarterback in the first round, which is still possible for them to do. Like, Obviously, I am very interested to see how Carolina does it during the season. But Hard Knocks is all about the offseason and the stories that come about it. Obviously, when the Jets were on hard knocks, what was it, 2010, somewhere in there? Like, obviously, the big takeout of that was well, Anthony Cromartie and his 73 kids. I mean, that was what people are going to remember from, that. <laughs> and him not being able to remember the names of his kids because he has so many. So, it to me, it's it's the life story stuff or just the way jobs go down. What was it? Cleveland had that great, that scene where one of the receivers was like, if you're not going to play me on first team, just cut me. And then we, he's barely been seen by anybody ever again. So that's what I want to see as far as hard knocks goes is, is the, the training cramp drama. And I think Jacksonville and Denver are the the two best
1: options for that. I mean, correct me if I'm real quick, Garrett. Correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Randy, but didn't Anthony Cromarty end up getting a USA Network reality show out of that whole deal?
0: If he did, I, I don't remember it, like, it, but but you know that is the era of reality TV, so it's it's quite
1: possible. I want to say it was like called "Keeping Up with the Cromarties," Eric. If you want to do me a favor and hit me with a quick Google, um, it was just called the Cromarties. I seem to recall it being on USA Network. Uh,
2: yes, USA Network ran for one
1: season, 2017-18, which would have probably been, which would have probably been right after they were on Hard Knocks.
0: And, and of course, I, I led Harry astray. Of course, his first name's Antonio, not Anthony. But, but still,
2: yes, close enough. But I mean, honestly, I wouldn't mind having everybody talk about our team in a different light but let's be real how many more people are going to harken back to our last time on hard knocks where it was basically jack del rio and the junction
1: boys all right so let's get over to the other side of this conversation with regards to the network rights we already kind of touched on the amazon prime thing here um some of the earliest Super Bowl games were on CBS and ABC. Are you good with ABC returning to the Super Bowl lineup here, Randy?
0: Yeah, actually, I'm totally fine with it. Obviously, you get the ESPN crew in there as well. I, I like the variety of it. Obviously, if you have the same people every single year, it's going to get stale. So, I, I have no problem with ESPN and ABC getting back into the mix and just and changing it up every couple of
1: years. I have no problem with it. Who is the who is the lead ESPN announcer for Monday Night Football now? I know it was Joe Tessitore. Is it still Tessitore? I believe mm-hmm. so. unless
0: they've
2: changed it this year that I can't think of.
1: I don't think so. I'm
2: going to check. As I know, uh, he was really well, left in the cold when they shook
1: everything up. Well, I know that uh Tessitore has that in with ABC in general as well with Holy Moly kind of tying the two sh- the two podcasts we do together with game shows. Uh, yeah, Tessator
0: and. Oh, uh, yeah, Tessitore. Steve Levy. Yeah, Steve Levy
1: now. Okay, yep, so Tessator is Levy, out. Brian
2: Greasy and, for the time being, Louis
1: Riddick. All right, so it's Steve Levy instead of Joe Tessator. See, now this could lead to possibly Tess being brought back because of Tessator's alignment with the uh, with ABC.
2: As long as if they're going to do Booger,
1: keep him in the booger no.
2: mobile, absolutely fine. Otherwise, no.
1: No, keep Boger no. McFarlane as far away from fucking television and broadcast as possible. Now, if you really wanted to do something interesting,
2: especially with recent experience in the booth and on the sideline, and I would rather have him in the booth, get yourself a real dynamic tag team with Joe Tor, and Pat McAfee. That's just my personal opinion.
1: Well, Pat McAfee works for Fox now, Eric, so I think that could be an issue. Contract- he's. Out- can be broken, son. Just saying. Uh, uh, Pat, McAfee, Pat McAfee is now the color commentator for Friday Night SmackDown, sir. Oh,
0: yeah, for... but the Super Bowl's on Sunday, so he's totally
2: Thank fine. you. Thank you. Put
0: I mean, McAfee
2: already. If, if you look at his radio show, jumping around and being Serious XM and not and this and that and podcasts and everything,
1: the man is flexible. I. <laughs> You would talk about his flexibility, Eric. Anyways, no, what I was going to say real quick about McAfee as well is, I think McAfee's got enough on his plate as is with uh, his ESPN college football commitments as well as his Friday Night Smackdown commitments. I don't think we're going to see McAfee add anything else to that. If he does do anything else, if he's going to work for any, any network for the NFL broadcast, it would probably be Fox, I would think, since well, he's already working through Fox and the WWE as is.
2: Well, if that's the case, then we may see him on uh, something else that I'm going to be talking about later in the show.
0: Dun, dun, dun. So but here's my question with all of that. What
2: year is ABC going to get the Super Bowl now? Their first year in the rotation is 2026. Yeah, so oh. anything we say about Pat McAfee, <laughs> Everything. going yeah, change. Ma- McAfee's going to be fired by then for sure. So, again, he could be wide open and definitely be available. Like I said,
1: things happen. All right. Anything else to touch on with these particular topics here? Because, I mean, obviously, we're going to keep the same basic setup. Oh, the Monday Night Football flexing thing. Do you guys like it? Do you guys dislike it? I got to tell you, I don't care for it. And the reason I don't care for it is because I don't think teams are going to want to have. If they're doing the flex scheduling for Sunday Night Football, that's different. And the reason I say that is because those games are still on Sundays, so it's not affecting how those teams would prep. If you're moving a game from a Sunday to a a Monday, that's going to entirely change how these teams are preparing for these games, and I don't like it. Eric, your thoughts
2: on that? But at least in this case, they would have much more advanced notice rather than everything that happened last season because of the pandemic. Because, I mean, if you see here, it usually comes out, like, days before, almost like the tail end of the prior week. It's like, hey, alright, because of these implications and everything, these games are being moved, yada yada. Not to mention, I'm really in favor of it, because, let's face it, these last few years, ESPN has really gotten the shit into the stick. And I think now that because they're being brought into the fold this much, the NFL... I can't quite say owes them, but it's like, well, we got to throw them a bone in some way.
1: Randy, your thoughts on uh, the flex scheduling coming to Monday night football.
0: Yeah. As Eric said, at least they have at least 12 days notice before they get flexed to Monday. So like teams will have plenty of time to change their schedule around. I worry more for the fans, obviously going to a game on Sunday night and planning around that and then getting it moved back a day. We've we've all had jobs where getting that extra day off to make sure you still are able to go to that game can be a little difficult at times.
1: Yeah, I would argue that it's going to definitely decrease attendance for certain games, uh, specifically with fan bases, and maybe your younger fans especially that might have school the next morning instead of being able to attend a game on a, Saturday, on a Sunday afternoon might not be able to do so on a Monday night. All right, Eric. What
2: you? Yeah, I can see that is being problematic. I would hope the NFL will begin to balance that out because they are leaning towards a more TV experience rather than in stadium, but we will see.
1: All right, I think that wraps up our on the telly segment of the news desk. All What's right. telly? Sorry. Well, that's okay. Have- you're, you know you're typing the share preview for this, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Just make sure. Oh, this is why I'm actually efficient at putting up posts and stuff. Leave that to me. wahaha. So, for this one, this next chunk, off-field issues. Yes, we know the big one, but there were a couple of ones leading before it. Well, um... In Lawrence, Kansas, they apparently reached the last mile. After allegations came out from his time at LSU, you saw the end of head coach Les Miles' tenure along with the athletic director. So Kansas, even though they are not really known as a football powerhouse, now are mired in an even deeper situation, and it's a wonder where they're going to go from there And if we've seen the last of Wes Miles as a head coach. Then on to the more... proper justice... but unfortunate kind of story... as it got buried deeper in the headlines... Kellen Winslow Jr. To put it bluntly... he done fucked up. And got sentenced to 14 years for sexual misconduct and rape charges. And that was just for what the jury could agree on. There were eight other charges that were dismissed. And as we all know, when we joke about the bigger story because of the bigger name, the game is still afoot for Watson as um that situation has gotten a little bit stickier.
1: Okay, maybe using the phrase stickier with regards to Watson's probably not the way to go. Look, I look, I would say, hey, maybe there's still
2: a happy ending in all of this, but come on. Eric, hands off.
1: The joke stylings of the kickoff are brought to you by the W2M Network. In addition to getgrammarly.com backslash <laughs> W2M Network. Where you, too, can come up with your own witty wordplay to send in emails, business requests, as well as boosting your resume. You can do that by getting Grammarly. Go to getgrammarly.com backslash W2M network. Timestamp.
2: I have no words.
1: None. <laughs> I, I suspected Eric. I'd appreciate that. All right. Let's let's take these situations. Least repulsive to most repulsive, shall we? deal all right let's talk less miles first um yeah kansas still has miles to go with no miles on the tread less less prove that it was the system of talent at lsu and not him himself as a coach because less came less saw kansas still sucked
2: not to mention, when you're in a situation to where you are banned from being alone with female students, I mean, if it's something that hasn't even happened to me or that even I haven't dealt with, you've gone across several major lines.
1: Eric, or Randy, do we ever see Les Miles get a, co- a coaching job in college football again?
0: I would love to say no. 'Cause he should not. However, Les Miles was successful at some point as a head coach, and they always seem to pop back up, just look like at Paterno.
1: You watched yourself, sir.
2: I mean, there was a statue that had to be removed. Just saying. Hmm.
0: All right, sorry. So not like Petr- no. Petrino. Patrino, the basketball guy. Bobby Patrino. Okay, that like, yeah, because yeah. yeah, The moment Petr- you start freaking out, I'm like, I'm not. Who you have no care about him, and then I realize you're thinking about Penn State. Patrino, yeah, the, the mm. basketball guy that had just as much allegations. <laughs> As less miles, if not more, went away for a couple of years and now is back coaching. So, again, you mean Rick? That's
2: not. Rick Pitino, Pitino, they're if You're talking the a basketball guy. Yeah,
1: they're all the same. Raby's <laughs> <I'm laughs> a little rusty, folks. You'll have to forgive him.
3: It really
1: I'm like, I'm how dare you? Names. I'm sitting there over here like, how dare you defame the good goddamn name, Majopa? <laughs> he was cleared of any wrongdoing, Mr. Watkins.
2: I'm well aware, and he had his winds restored and everything with that, and I am not saying that he should not have been cleared of wrongdoing. However, at the same time, the model still the exists.
1: Sy- See something, say something. Yeah, the, the, the system is not excused. The school is not excused. But Job has been cleaned of any wrongdoing. All right, let's move over to the next less repulsive story, because sadly these build up. Let's talk to Sean Watson. Um, Eric, is there any chance Watson escapes this?
2: Given the whole situation, I'm actually going to say yes, and here's why. With all of these things, for the longest time, they were civil suits. And all these civil suits were brought together by one prominent Houston area lawyer, but not prominent for exactly the best of reasons. More high-profile sake of the camera's borderline ambulance chasing than rather major results in a courtroom setting. Yes, the tide did turn a bit when Houston PD was called in as far as regards to a criminal investigation. Not much more has come of that. Plus, with all of these different civil suits, you have and several massage therapists coming to defend Deshaun Watson. You have some not revealing their names, which I can also understand why. But I have a feeling based upon the timing for when all of this started, right around when he said, "Hey, I want out." Between all of this and basically knowing he's got this fat contract that's going to be kicking in, there's suspicion on a lot of sides. Now, don't get me wrong; it's a Very terrible look that Watson has had so many massage therapists, but it's kind of two wrongs making
1: it even here. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not entirely Watson's fault that he's specifically looking for a specialized kind of massage. And you can't agree to do so in the moment and then cry foul afterwards if you're not physically forced to do anything. Because we've seen some of the text message exchanges that have come out, and Watson has said, and several of them, that only asking if the person was comfortable with everything.
2: Exactly, and I mean,
1: if you are
2: going for those kinds of things, there are places that exist. Rob Maps, Trist, what have you. If you're a man of means, there's a lot more doors that can open, front and back.
1: Giggity. Wait a minute, hold on. Family ship! Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, out, I'm out of practice on that one. Randy, does Sean Watson escape this?
0: Probably I'm getting more doubtful as the time goes. It seems like every step that they take continues to be the wrong one. Like the lawyer is like, well, the names aren't on it. So all the names started popping up. Oh, they need to put a face. They started showing up. So (laughs) it's like every time his lawyer keeps trying to like, not threaten, but like, it's like, come on, let's do something about this. It, It seems to backfire every single time for him. So, I I just don't know anymore. He will probably play again. He may not play next year, but he will probably escape enough to still play in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I think I think Deshaun can kiss the big contract goodbye this offseason. But if he comes out of this relatively unscathed, I do think that there will be multiple teams willing to take a chance on him going forward. Kellen Winslow. your salary cap. Kellen Winslow, I'm going to put this as digni- dignitantly as I can. You ready, Eric? Ready. You ready, Randy? Let's do it. Fuck you, you fucking cocksucker.
0: That's a good way to put it. What, let's move on.
1: <laughs>
2: exactly. May he rot in hell. <laughs> and, that uh, that tellin- you should, and that you should never have anything to do with him again. He is uh, forsaken in Coral Gables.
1: Uh, Eric, I'm gonna put it to you this way. Since Jason's not here, I'm gonna put it. For, I'm gonna it for him. You ready? Yeah. Do the world a favor and take the Aaron Hernandez way out.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, he can hang in there for as long as he can. For all I care.
1: Piece of human garbage. All right, let's move on, Eric.
2: All right. So with that, we've got <laughs> our we've got our next trunk, the off-season formation. Now this is a combination of two things: to be or not to be virtual. With the Buccaneers being one team and others, players. Hold are on first- hmm?
1: where, where, where are your Buccaneers?
2: Under your bucking hat.
1: There you go. You got it right this time.
2: Finally! I'm very long overdue. Huzzah! Alright, continue. Uh, but They were one of the teams or well, with the players pushing for another year of virtual workouts while the league as a whole is trying to get back to doing things in person, especially with the change in the schedule going to three preseason games and 17 regular season games. So, As we get past the draft, this could potentially be another interesting dynamic. But on top of that, in a lesser reported story, especially given the recent changes with the new CDA, the players are pulling a Randy Moss and basically going straight cash, homie, except for the one offensive lineman for the Chiefs who's getting his salary in Bitcoin. But that's another story. With the virtual workouts, the players also want a different pay schedule. Real real quick? Yeah.
1: I, I do believe that one Kansas City tight end is actually straight Bitcoin, homie.
2: That's pretty much what I just said. Is he a tight end? I thought it was an
1: offensive lineman. Almost certain it was a backup tight end. Continue.
2: Okay. So, as it stands right now, players get paid during the season. They got under the old schedule 17 checks there for regular season games and the buy. If that stays as it is going forward, that would be now cut up into 18, 17 games and the buy, plus separate much smaller uniform paychecks for playoff games, etc. The players are pushing for having their pay stretched out, and instead of a regular 18 week schedule during this season they're looking for being paid over the course of 36 weeks of the year to get some coverage during the off season oh,
1: Sorry about that ha- Sorry about that had a little bit of a technical difficulty there I'm refilling my beverage Um right. I don't think we I don't think we've actually touched on the 17-game schedule yet. We haven't. Which we should probably do before we discuss all what this all means for regards to the off-season workouts this year because of the necessitation of switching up the off-season workouts to get everybody ready for that 17-game schedule. Randy, do you like the 17-game schedule? Do you think they made a mistake going to 17?
0: Other than it makes everything just sound weird. Like... I predict the team's going to go 11-6. and six. Just sounds weird. Um, no, I I'm, give me more football. To get rid of one preseason game that we don't watch anyways. Give us a game that matters. I have absolutely no problem with it. I, I do, I'm surprised that they didn't add in a second bye week for it. Just to maybe that would help the, the players out a little bit. Yeah.
1: Um, I think we see that come up. I think we see that come up eventually, though. Just maybe like we see some injuries start to pile up this year and they realize that that extra week of rest is necessitated.
0: Yeah. And and this is something I brought up on on my radio show when this news first broke. But I if you add in that second bye week and you you start the, the Labor Day week as they have for a long time and you add in that second bye week, it almost is going to set up. The Super Bowl to always land on the Sunday before President's Day, and then all of us will get that that Monday off after the Super Bowl that we've been asking for the longest time.
2: No, we still wouldn't because President's Day is a federal holiday, I remember from
1: experience. Well, uh, the people with the cool jobs wondering-
0: can get that day off.
1: In case you're wondering, everybody, the radio show that Randy refers to is the R&R Sports Report, available on KCLZ.com and 88.9 FM in the Lewiston, Idaho, Clarkston, Washington area. You, you were close. <laughs> KCLZ. 88.9 FM on the
2: local radio dial. I did that the last
0: time, too.
1: I said yeah. I can't, that's KCLZ. I'll God. Get,
0: uh, just r Sports Report on Facebook and YouTube is the easiest way to find us.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. r Sports Report on Facebook and YouTube. I'm still itching to get those 11 likes so that way they can play their two-on-one tennis match. It's eight now. We're
0: oh, down, really? We're down to eight. We've gotten three since the show on Tuesday. So it is so getting closer and closer.
1: Basically, y'all are going to get your ass whipped by a girl, aren't you? Oh, no, it's a, an old Asian man. <laughs> You're still going to get your ass whipped. 1,000% we're going to get our asses whipped. (laughs) All right. As long as you've accepted that that's going to happen. Eric, same question to you that I had for Randy. Your thoughts on the 17-game schedule?
2: I can't say I 100% like it because of the odd number, but I'm willing to live with it, especially because they cut down the preseason games. I don't necessarily like the execution. Yes... I get to where you're going to expand with the international schedule, looking for other venues, and you're going to have teams playing internationally. Everybody in rotation is going to have one international game per season throughout the course of eight years. I'm absolutely fine with that. But I'm actually the opposite of Randy's point, is because starting in circa 2000, that's when the league decided that they're not going to Start the season any earlier than the Thursday after Labor Day weekend. Now, if you were to go back to the old policy of having those first games Labor Day weekend, I honestly think that would be an even bigger boost for in stadium, you know, game day revenue, this and that, because it's like, hey, it's Labor Day, we got three days off. We're going to go get drunk, fucked up, or whatever. NFL game in town, great. Season opener, we can go ahead and go down, pay our ungodly amount, and go see the team play. I would be fine if they did that. So that way, you can still accommodate that second five week a couple years down the line and have everything still wrapped up by Valentine's Day. I think pushing everything forward... Rather than shifting everything back, I get the mentality, but
1: to me, that's a bad idea. Here's what I don't like about it: I think the execution is flawed, and specifically the cross conference opponents for Week 17 this year. What fucking sense does that make? Well, because of the scheduling formula. I yeah, would the rather- fact that it was the fact that it was added as late as it was to the idea to add the 17th this season and the, the prior 16 were already locked in. I get that, but you couldn't slot this, uh, this extra game weekend somewhere earlier in the season in order to keep divisional rivals as your week 17 opponents.
2: Now, if they will, if they have that to where divisional rivals don't play week 18, I'm definitely going to be very disappointed. But as far as, how that extra team would be set up keeping in mind it's much easier to alternate who gets that extra regular season home game instead of a pre-season home game between conferences rather than random sets of divisions within conference so if you're talking about any sort of change to the formula i think that was the best one that i have no problem with because you can easily ping pong just like you do broadcasting rotations, designated home teams in the Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, oh, this year the NFC is going to have this extra game and then one fewer preseason game this year. This conference is going to have the extra regular season game and the few one fewer preseason game.
1: Randy, do you think that it compromises the integrity of the divisional races in order to have them playing non-divisional opponents in the final week of the season?
0: I don't think they're going to be playing them the last week of the season.
1: I, I'm pretty sure they announced that the added that the added opponents would be played week 18, the last week of the season.
0: I'd have to have to look at that, but I I would highly doubt that. I don't see that happening.
1: Or maybe they put the uh, the added opponents on week 17 and then up week 18 the same.
0: That would be my guess. They, the only th- thing that they've ever unified to do is have uh, divisional matchups that last week. Like everything else, it gets all mixed around and changed. And I guess Eric, we'll see here in a couple weeks. But
1: Eric, you want to do me a favor and look up, uh, look up the 20, the 2021 NFL schedule on uh, Wikipedia for me.
2: Well, the 2021 NFL schedule does not officially drop
1: until May 12th. Ah, so they actually haven't even announced who's playing who win yet. They just have the opponents announced. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: correct. Okay, well, then I'm going to be okay with this under the caveat that they keep divisional rival week the same for week seven, for week 18 now just because of the fact that I think that it highly invests people in the divisional games when you're specifically facing a division rival, and especially if you have something on the line. Look at what happened with uh, Jason and how pissed off he got about the the Eagles and Washington game from Sunday night last year on Week 17.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, I can still feel the salt all the way from West Virginia in that moment. Legit.
1: All right, so that's the scheduling one. What else was uh, what else was part of this chunk, Eric? The pay schedule. The players are saying
2: they want their checks, or they want their salaries spread out over 36 checks instead of the normal 18. Oh, I'm, I'm, it, sorry,
0: I'm, I'm honestly surprised it hasn't been like that already. You're expecting it, them to show up and then you're not paying them until the actual season starts. I think. The moment that all of these OTAs and start things start, that, that's when you should start paying
1: these players. Not to mention, if you're dividing it into 36 checks, you're just basically giving them the same amount you would for those 18 weeks. Just divide each check in half anyway. I don't understand how it's that much different for the owners to be able to do that. I completely agree. Not to mention, if you're going to have
2: that extra level of stability in income, knowing, okay, this is when it's going to start coming in then I would be good with that because I think it would be one major thing towards helping a lot of players not go broke after five years because obviously you have the symposium that's doing something, but with something more like this to where it's more lengthened access to it, great. The only thing is, how would the NFL do that as
1: far as with discipline when it comes to finding game checks? Well, I I would think that I would think that it would be the, the game check fine would be doubled because you're getting half the pay that you would be getting on a weekly basis.
2: So that you, instead, would be of
1: logical. Being, instead of being fined one game check, you would be fined two game checks, which would be the equivalent to one game check from previous years. The other thing that we don't mention here, too, is you mentioned like these players that would be getting these paychecks in the offseason, Eric, would keep them from doing dumb shit like robbing poker games.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, if I know that I had that kind of steady money in the off season, I'd save a little bit, I'd bring some shenanigans, I'd be fine with that. That way it's like, hey, less things that I need to do and worry about. Okay, next
1: up. All right. That part, that's part of this set. I know there was one other thing in this set that we didn't talk because we got caught up on the 17 game schedule.
2: Actually, it was just those two, unless you wanted to touch more on the whole 17th game international thing, which, my thoughts on that, expanding the international portfolio into places like Europe, I'm all for. Because Europe, you have a strong presence for gridiron football. I've seen it for myself, and they're even launching like an updated modern football European
1: League. Correct me if I'm I was gonna say correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Italy have its own American style football league now? Italy? Germany? England in their
2: university system? Ireland? The Netherlands?
1: Exactly. So you're starting to see more and more of the American influence on the the version of football that we Americans call football starting to expand into Britain, similar as to we're starting to get more, more influences in regards to what the Europeans call football and soccer here in the States. I think more and more people in the States are starting to watch either domestic or international soccer as well. True.
2: Very true. So in the. The fact of that everybody still remembers, like, NFL Europa, what went right, what went wrong, all these things, and the fact of that... I like I like the ahead. Barcelona Dragons. They're actually one of the teams that's basically going to be coming back, quote-unquote, in the new European League of Football. The Barcelona, <laughs> the Barcelona Dragons, my Berlin Thunder, who I always rooted for. Yeah, there's a few of the teams that are going to be in there. The Ryan um, Fire? Sadly no Rhine fire, unfortunately. Aw, oh, that's disappointing. They are pretty uh, practical, lone centurions of all teams. So I was like, interesting.
1: Curiosity, Randy, did you ever watch European football? The NFL Europa or World League?
0: No, I never did. I I don't think I've ever even seen clips from it. Me and Erica all would you
1: me and Eric are what you would call desperate football watchers, where if there's football going on somewhere, we'll find a way to watch it.
2: I mean, the man is wrong here. <laughs> All right, chunk four. All right, with chunk four, the free agent and trade frenzy. Oh,
1: Jesus, here we go.
2: <laughs> well, as I had mentioned before, it starts with the tip of the cap. The NFL salary cap came out for this season. It's down about 9% to 182.5 million. But Are starting real- in 2022, there's projections that that number could hit at least
1: 200 million and be going higher. So. All right. Let's tackle these stories one at a time here because there's quite a few of them in regards to the free agency. So we'll tackle them one at a time here. Uh, Randy, are you surprised that the salary cap went down given all the circumstances from last year's contracts?
0: Yeah, 100% no. I I, I expected it to go down with everything that happened with COVID. I'm surprised it didn't go down farther
1: than it did. I was just about to say the exact same thing. I'm honestly surprised that it didn't drop below $180 million. Eric?
2: Personally, I was anticipating something closer to 175 because the big battle was, okay, take your big hit now and then have your TV money coming in or spread the pain out for a few years. And it looks like with an anticipated much quicker recovery and a lot more TV money, they're like, and eh, we can all win here. So I knew it was going to go down, but I'm slightly surprised. That it was able to stay at this number
1: Not to mention I would think that Teams would be smart enough to Work in deferments on back issued Contracts for these players That they need to resign in order to Push their bigger contract years to A time frame when the salary cap does Approach 200, 210 225 million dollars Well It's funny that you mention
2: Different things like deferments And whatnot. (laughs) Segue, <laughs> because there's been some re-signing of some deals. Like say, for example, Big Ben will toll once more in Pittsburgh as he's signed and restructured. As signed for one year, fourteen million dollar deal, but it's a threat. Go ahead. As opposed
1: to the forty he was supposed to get this year.
2: Yeah, that was originally going to be the cap hit over $40 million. The way that his deal worked out, one year, $14 million, but spread out to where the team will save $15 million in cap space. Tom Brady also did something very similar with his deal, and you start to see... Not quite Major League Baseball, Bobby Bonilla-esque contract deferments, but something to where you'll still get your money, but we're going to be saving our cap it's for right now.
1: Well, like, look at the look at the contract that, as much as I hate to say his name, because we know how much it giddies Robert Taylor when we do, look at the kind of contract that Patrick Mahomes worked out in that regard. Oh. Where his contract where his contract now is incredibly team-friendly to allow them to sign both a line lineman to protect Mahomes as well as weapons to get the ball to. Uh, the beauties of a roster bonus. Randy, your first question. With Mahomes, or not Mahomes, with Roethlisberger signing the one-year extension, do we think Pittsburgh takes a quarterback in this year's draft and that they train under the Big Ben tree this year in Pittsburgh?
0: If they do, it'll be round. Two or three. I, I don't see him taking one in the first round, just because all of the good ones are going to be gone before it gets down to them. So yeah, they'll take. Yeah, they'll take a flyer on somebody, and then after that, maybe they look to to trade for a veteran quarterback that is sitting as a second string somewhere, as far as the gap goes, and then they rebuild from there. But no, I, I don't. I. I, I can see them this weekend drafting a quarterback, but it won't be that that sexy pick that people are going, here is the heir apparent. They still could be because we see plenty of times where a good quarterback comes in the later rounds. But it, it will be a, a a quarterback that is going to take some time to learn the system and, and grow under Big Ben. And it won't be that one that everyone nails down right now going, that's the next Russell Wilson that they got in the later rounds. So that's the next Tom Brady. A lot of people are going to go, they drafted who?
1: So we saw kind of Pittsburgh do this with Roethlisberger under uh, Mike Tomczak, where Roethlisberger sat under the tr- the learning tree under Tomczak, Eric. Do you think we see a similar situation in this draft in the later rounds, like Randy was mentioning, with Pittsburgh drafting Ben's eventual replacement?
2: I definitely I definitely think so. I mean, the Prime 1 would take a nice day to flyer because you've already got your continuity with Mike Tomlin. He just got a contract extension. You know, your staff's going to be in place, so you don't want to have too, too many changes for whoever you bring in knowing Roethlisberger's time is done. But if you have a guy that's like, hey, you're a bit of a project, sit for a year, learn what to do, what not to do, how to properly ride a motorcycle, et cetera, et cetera, and then everything will be marching on. So, wouldn't surprise me if Pittsburgh is very deft in making that move.
1: Go ahead, Randy. I see you looking up something. You have something out here?
0: No, no. I was looking at fantasy baseball. Ignore me.
1: Okay. Oh, speaking of baseball, did you see the beating the Braves put on the Cubs the last three days?
0: <laughs> I saw. I saw Anthony Rizzo strike out Freddie Freeman.
1: Yeah, well, Freddie Freeman went four for four against the Cubs pitchers, so (laughs) he was the only one who could get him out. (laughs) Uh, Uh,
0: While while we're doing this, I'm working on a trade, so we're we're talking all these trades, so it, it, it got me in the
1: mood. All right, so... That's the Big Ben situation here the Brady situation ah uh, as scary as it is Eric Tampa Bay might be coming back stronger next year because I do believe it is now official every single starter from last year's Tampa Bay Super Bowl franchise is returning for the 2021 season even a return of the clown which I'll get to in a moment oh) <laughs> And the backup quarterback, the one that saved Brady's drunken ass at the Super Bowl parade. Never doubt having a good wingman. All right, Eric, who's next? Well, going from more
2: conscientious lower end contracts to the big one that everybody had been talking about and everybody was looking forward to. So the story would finally be over for the Dallas Cowboys, it was one step forward, two steps Dak. Dak Prescott got his deal. Four, <laughs> year. <laughs> four years, $164 million. Of that, $126 million guaranteed. Of that, a $66 million signing bonus. A no-trade clause. He will stand to make. Seventy-five million dollars the first year of that deal, and over a hundred million the first two years.
1: And the Cowboys are going to go combined seventeen and fifteen. Wait, that's not right. That's only thirty-two games. Son of a bitch! It's throwing off my math already. The Cowboys are going to seventeen and
2: seventeen. Yes, that? that
1: works. That works. That includes, guys,
0: oh, no. Are, I just. You guys are forgetting. They're going to go 17 and 17 and win the division both years.
1: <laughs> Actually, I changed my mind. You ready? 16, 16 and two, because there's always a fucking tie.
2: Oh, there's going to be more of those. More on that later. Duh, bah, bah. Dramatic reverb
1: i just like setting up eric for later on in the show um well we proved that the indy dalton experiment was a failure in dallas here's the question randy if you own an nfl franchise let's put you specifically into jerry jones's shoes here which ew gross i need a shower just thinking about that
2: no don't put me don't put us in his shoes put us in that 12 person hot tub we'll take care of it from there
1: No, I I ain't putting you anywhere near a goddamn hot tub, Eric. Anyway, Randy, um, is this the right decision for the Cowboys' future in resigning Prescott? Yeah,
0: I think so. He he was he was not the problem last year. He was playing fantastic before the injury. So yeah, I I have no problem with them giving that kind of money again. Looking at the cap space this year with it being lower, it, it hurts a little bit. But we all believe that this thing is going to skyrocket, after, the next, skyrocket excuse me, after these next TV deals all get signed and everything moves up. So in the end, it's not going to look that bad. So I, I have no problem with Dallas saying Dak Prescott, you're our guy even after that horrific injury he had last year.
1: Eric, do you think this is too much money to invest in somebody that's coming off of a brutal ankle injury last season? To me, a little bit.
2: Now, again, this cap isn't going to help for a couple of years. You're going to be having some very mean seasons. Was mm-hmm. he the problem in Dallas? No. But did he significantly help matters once he became the guy? No. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback and he has very good moments, but I'm not paying him great out of this world money because I've got to use some of that to try to get the man some help. It's simple as that. You're not going to get that help that easily very early on. Yes. As you get closer to the end of this contract, Your help is going to be more affordable and attainable, but, oh, it's going to be a hard road.
1: I think the benefit for Prescott is he is a good quarterback in a desperate market cowboys fans especially want a winning of franchise and having sat through what they sat through last year with the combination of mike mccarthy and andy dalton controlling the franchise they realized that prescott was the better of the two options and i will openly admit that i was wrong about that last season when we did our show preview because i did say that dalton would end up being the end of the year starter in dallas but it wasn't going to be because of injury i said it was going to be because of poor performance there was a poor a poor performance from a Dallas starting quarterback last year. It just happened to be Dalton instead. Gee, and now what Lam- could have
2: possibly gone wrong when I had mentioned that and given his performances in Cincinnati?
1: Hey, you watch yourself because to Buffalo Bills fans, Andy Dalton is still a sacred name, sir. Okay, one moment to help you
2: get into the playoffs where you got beat 10-3 to 3 thanks to the uh,
1: Intercepticon. Come on now. Yeah, we may have only scored three points in that game, but you only won one game last season.
2: Yeah, but I mean, even still, up until last year, we still had bragging rights about who between us got into an AFC championship more recently. It still and, took you a while to kind of take that back.
1: Who who, who would that be now, Mr.
2: Watkins? Yeah, like I said, it took you a few years to take (laughs) that title back.
1: Randy Randy would like to chime in here, but unfortunately his team won two games in the least opportune time and cost themselves the number one pick.
2: Yeah. Look, at at least you didn't go like uh, Philadelphia did in 68 and throw snowballs as a guy dressed as Santa Claus. And then again, Buffalo should have even thanked New Orleans for what happened late in that season. Otherwise, the juice would have been wearing green and white.
1: Just the same. Okay, but history says that if... oj never mind. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, all right, who's the, next, who's the next free agent signing to discuss?
2: Well, you know what they say. Always drink your water because OJ can kill you. Um... Speaking of free agents, this particular market was, as it were, pretty wide open because, yes, you did have some big name receivers and even some not as big names, but somehow got incredibly good chances like Antonio Brown. But aside from that, you've seen a lot of other positions get taken care of, like Jadavion Clowney going to Cleveland, but... Wide receivers is the market hasn't really been quite there.
1: Sorry, I had I had my microphone muted for a second there. Uh, there's been a few wide receivers that have happened to find happy homes in other places this offseason, though, Eric. There's been a few, don't get me wrong,
2: but it's like with all the emphasis on everything securing quarterbacks and all the offense going on in the league and the further trending towards rules, you would think you would have much more of a flurry than you've seen.
1: Well, I will counter that by saying that I think Buffalo upgraded wide receiver too. Okay, not everybody's Buffalo, sweet Jesus
2: you make one run to an AFC championship game. You don't <laughs> shut up about it. Yeah,
1: this is the first this is the first time in the 4 years we've been doing this show that I've had bragging rights. You shut the hell up once. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> um, are you surprised we haven't seen more big name deal signed at wide receiver this offseason, Randy?
0: No, just because of what the draft class is looking like coming in. The draft class last year was fantastic. This year is almost as good, if not at the same level, as last year. I, I, I see wide receiver almost becoming like what running back was for the longest time, where teams would rather rebuild that core through the draft and not pay out the wazoo for aging wide receivers and just continue to rebuild here and there. Obviously, you're going to have... the the anomalies in that deal and the really, really great wide receivers that deserve the big money. But I I think a lot of the wide receivers kind of had to wait a long time because these teams are kind of waiting to see what they get in the draft first before they get some of the more veteran guys.
1: Eric, do you think Randy's onto something here? Is this a trend of the talent coming out of college about weighing the amount of money that you're going to have to spend on a veteran wide receiver presence?
2: I'm honestly going to agree with him because with the advent of the rookie wage scale and with collegiate offenses now having a lot more elements in the NFL, you real teams are going to realize, Hey, if we can get all this top caliber talent, even in the first round for, and we can lock, In at say three, four, five million a year as compared to 15, let's those extra millions going elsewhere. So eh, he's on to something there. He's not
1: entirely rusty. Next story.
2: And that actually ends. Of this particular chunk. So we get to go on to the next one. The, the last one? Thing? No, there's a couple more after this. I thought there were five chunks you said. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, there were seven. <laughs> it's that
1: Jacksonville basic math, Randy. Look, I never said After They can't count ha-
0: after one.
1: Look, I never said the
2: the Florida public educational system was good. I mean, it's a miracle I got out of it, but I digress.
1: Okay, see, if I'd have known there were seven chunks, I wouldn't have taken the under or Teasley's bet.
2: Well, actually, time-wise, we're still doing pretty good, very much.
1: I'm trying to keep things moving along. It's what I do. I told you I would. Now, let's start the fifth chunk.
2: The more things change and I call.
1: Okay, so we were made aware during the course of tonight's broadcast that there are some technical difficulties with the first half of the podcast. We apologize for the inconvenience and we believe we have the situation remedied. We now return you to the kickoff news desk. You can go home again. Here's the anchor man, Eric Watkins. I mean, of all the times I make one damn
2: Bill Maher joke and then everything goes to shit, Do we noted
1: it. <laughs> Just don't say certain things about a certain virus on YouTube and we should be okay.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. But as I was uh, going with this, with The More Things Change, the part of this I dubbed the Bill Maher Special. And I was curious if either of of you knew why. Are you saying it's time for new roles? Look at the big brain on this fucker. (laughs) (laughs) That
1: was actually my favorite part of Politically Incorrect.
2: Yep, and it also, he kept that through with Real Time, which, it's a good show in doses. So
1: I can only I can only handle so much of Bill Bill Maher at once.
2: That's fair. So first off, the NFL announced new rules with their set of rule changes. Jersey numbers, you're going to see them more like you would in the collegiate system. If a player happens to buy out the jersey supply that's already made, he can change his number immediately. Otherwise, he would have to wait a year. Tom Brady's come out with his feelings about it, and you've already seen some players begin to make moves going forward. But among those, not just with the
1: jersey changes. Uh, real, real quick, can I can I explain why why Tom Brady has made his opinions known about this? Yes. Because he spent too much time listening to Cardi B and Meg The Stallion and thought it stood for whiny-ass pussy. (laughs) I legit popped Eric with that.
2: Yeah, you did. Well played, Uh, Broadhurst. Well played.
1: Randy, your thoughts on the collegiate numerical system coming to the NFL? Honestly, it's not that big a deal, is it? No, I I don't think
0: so. Obviously, I mean, Brady is that You know, old man, get off my lawn. This is how it's been the entire time I've played. So I don't want to deal with something new. But like you said, it's a collegiate deal. So a lot of these players are used to it. I do find it funny that the NFL, through all of this, went, okay, you can change your number and you can go through all of this stuff. But if you're currently in the NFL and you want to change your number, you got to pay us all that money that we spent on making your jerseys. And you have to buy up all of those old jerseys with the wrong number because we are not losing any money out of this deal.
1: Or to put it in wrestling parlance here, they are pulling a Jim Cornette about this. Do you know what I mean when I say that, Randy?
0: I don't. I mean, other than being, well, like what do you call Tom Brady? (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Fuck you.
3: Bye.
2: Right. Now, that's. And that wasn't even the only new rule that's going to come about. You're going to have rules like preseason overtime. There will no longer be any. Good. That's fine.
1: Good. Overtime overtime in an exhibition game is the most pointless fucking thing there is. There's a reason that the baseball teams, once a game is tied after nine innings in an exhibition baseball game, are just like, fuck it, let's go home. Yeah, sometimes they'll play a 10th. Sometimes. It, it doesn't matter. Why risk the injuries? And not to mention, usually that late in exhibition games, it's the third and the fourth stringers anyway. You're not going to see anything there that you won't see on the training grounds during the course of the week.
0: Yeah, and and on the Major League Baseball front, there's even times where they just end innings if there's one or two outs. If the pitcher's just getting blown up and they're like, no, we're done. <laughs> Let's just move on to the next inning. We, we, we've seen what we'd need to with him.
1: So, that, actually, that actually happened to Atlanta twice yeah. in a game that I was watching with the Cincinnati Reds in the exhibition season this year. Yeah,
0: so I, that's what exhibition should be about. Who cares what the final score is in an exhibition game? It's all about
1: getting those reps in. The pitcher for, The pitcher for Cincinnati had already allowed three runs. It was first and third. He threw his 20th pitch of the inning, and the entire Cincinnati Reds team walked off the diamond.
2: I mean, hell, like something like that, I was in favor with MLB, and honestly, I'm in favor of the NFL doing this too. No extra late-game strategy or having to do this or kicking extra point or going for two just for the sake of avoiding overtime. Now, if you don't want to worry about
1: it, you don't have to worry about it. Speaking of... A- For two, I'm actually going to chime in something on the news desk of my own here, Eric. Go right ahead. They are making a rule mandating in college football with the start of the 2021-22 season that teams must go for two starting in the second overtime instead of the third in an attempt to expedite the games. That's actually
2: what I was going to get into when I had the collegiate rules because there's a couple more NFL rules that are actually going to be pretty significant as well. Okay,
1: stop. Rewind. (laughs) The prior conversation does not exist. You clearly imagined it in your head. Now back to Eric. So, the
2: two other rules are for to help with onside kicks. There is, I believe this is on a one-year trial, where you can now, as a recovering team, allow or line up no more than nine players within 25 yards of the ball on a kickoff
1: um can and, I, I just can i just simplify the entire onside kick situation yeah. what was it that we what was it that we discussed last year wasn't it like 4th and 15 basically yeah 4th and
2: 15 and if you go online through like uh, secret base or what have you they
1: mentioned lineup at like a 4th and 12 Exactly. Why don't we just go to that instead of risking all these people getting hit in these collisions on four, on onside kicks now? Knowing what we know about the damage that concussions can do to people. Sorry, I have the hiccups. I apologize. But knowing what we know now about the damage that concussions can cause people and that, can, that repetitive head trauma can cause people, why are we still making onside kicks a thing when that's one of the most physically damaging plays in the national football leagues when it comes to head trauma look i completely agree with you i honestly think
2: in that particular spot in declaring an onside kick go for like an onside play fourth and 12 from your own 33 if you can get to the 45 yard line or beyond you keep the ball and you move forward otherwise defense gives it up And even in that situation, you decide you want to do that, but it's not entirely beneficial. You can even go ahead and not entirely defeat the purpose, but punt in that situation to set up a safer formation. I'd be good with that, too.
1: Randy, your your thoughts on fourth and 12?
2: I I
0: would rather, since kickers don't get enough love, why not let the kicker kick it from 40 yards and they have to hit
2: the post? Honestly, in that kind of regard, I would have something better. Not necessarily for onside kicks, but for kickoffs in general. In order
1: to determine who gets the ball at the start of the game, the kickers have to play a game of three bar.
2: I mean Cody Parkey would be excellent at that.
1: So. He would hit all three on one kick. Oh no, who was it? The kicker for um freaking what was it? Uh Rice, I think. Rice, yeah, right. that was it. The quadruple yeah. dunk where he hit both uprights and the crossbar twice. You see that kick, Randy? Have you I, ever I've seen, seen that play?
0: Oh, yeah, I've seen it. That was so it was so crazy.
1: <laughs> but I, I'm
0: with you guys as far as the onside kick goes. Obviously, they've neutered it with with, uh, with the way they've set it out, which is fine because, you know, they did it for safety reasons. So just get rid of it and come out with something more clever.
2: Exactly. And even for kickoffs in general, if it's all about the returner and a kickoff return, do like in the A7FL, just modify it, have 5 on one I mean, if you've got one guy that you're kicking off to, like by himself, if you can beat five guys on a return for a touchdown, get a touchdown.
1: Done. (laughs) I mean, it's, how do I put this politely here? You guys remember the backyard game, uh, kill the guy with the ball? Yeah, kill the carrier. Okay, so that's the more polite term, because it was called a different thing here in Ohio. And
0: I, I, I was going to say, I, I'm a little older, back before the PC era, and it was called something completely different, but we don't yeah, uh, bring that up here.
2: I, I, I know exactly what it was called, but I'm like, I heard it called that, and I'm like, this will work just
1: fine universally. I, I believe I believe the first part of that phrase was smear. Yeah, yep. Yeah, we'll we'll stop right there though, in the interest of not getting kicked off of Utah YouTube like we're Black Irish.
2: Yeah, leave that to Black Irish. Which, oh boy, the next episode. Yeah, Randy B. (laughs) Wow,
1: left me hanging. Ouch, that hurt. (laughs) All right. So, anywho, um. Yeah, I, I think that you should kind of do that in a professional setting in order to, to replace kickoffs in general here. Don't have a bunch of people running full speed. Don't have a bunch of people running full speed down the field. Just set different guys at different intervals, and if you get up to, like, the 40, you get up to the 40. If you get up to the 50, you get up to the 50. If you get to the 30 of the opposing team, you get to the 30 of the opposing team. If you can beat everybody and score at six points.
2: Exactly. Not that hard. Not to mention it would put emphasis more on special teams and you could get kickers that can actually tackle and they would be even more
1: celebrated for it. Not to mention you could also it would also put more of an interest in guys like um, I think you're going to hate me for saying this, Eric, but it all goes back to Buffalo for me. People like Steve Tasker would get more credit for being such excellent special teamers.
2: This is true. I, I can't give you fault when you mention guys like Steve Tasker. Can't be manager for that. All right, continuing on. So, the final new rule of significance for the NFL, we here have covered all varieties of football on this show, and we all remember the fondness that was the Sky Judge. Well, I believe it was the Ravens who put forth the proposal to essentially implement the Sky Judge in the NFL. The NFL, be it through the competition committee or elsewhere, said no, but they're going to modify it to where referees who handle video review upstairs will have more authority and referees on the field will be able to consult with them more often in a variety of certain situations. As it was stated, it's something that they do off the books anyway. But now there would be more codified.
1: So what you're saying is now games are going to last four hours because there's going to be constant communication between the referees.
2: Hey, I wouldn't go that extreme yet, but it wouldn't surprise me.
1: I I don't understand. I don't understand what the big deal about implementing the sky judge is. Everybody agreed that it made the XFL much more watchable. It It allowed plays to be corrected immediately without having to go through the tedious process of reviews. It automatically makes corrections for mistakes that let's be honest, being a referee, being a linesman, being a judge in the NFL is hard work. Because those guys are constantly on the move. Those guys are constantly doing stuff on every – single, and ladies, because there are female officials as well. They're constantly doing stuff on every single play here. They can't see everything. It's physically impossible. Whereas if you have somebody up in a booth that is watching the game from all of the camera angles that we're getting on television, if there is a blatant infraction on those angles on television, then they should be able to correct course on the course of the game and make those situations correct. It's not that difficult of a concept, is it, Randy?
0: No, not at all, and especially wh- if you set up a time limit for it where, as you said, it should be indisputable by far just for those way e- egregious calls. I mean, obviously, the coaches can still do their normal replay system where, okay, now go take a really close look at this catch, but just have a sky judge out there to go, nope, that you missed that. Like I saw one replay, and that was really wrong. I, I don't think it will change a lot of calls, but it'll change those ones that everyone loses their mind over where it's like we saw one replay and you, you missed that call. Again, like you said, Harry, that job, that job is extremely difficult and I don't envy any of those guys for doing it. And if they miss a call and we just fix it, I'm not going to blame the umpires for missing it because, again, there's 22 guys that you have to be watching on that field. You're going to miss and- a player or two
2: throughout the game. 22 people on the field at any given time and what six officials i thought of the crew as like seven or eight okay
1: so either way it's still two to three people per official
2: yes and you have to stand in certain positions be mm in certain places because your job is to only monitor certain areas so i completely agree have a sky judge you will look at the game, and if anything goes on, and especially for the benefit of the TV audience, you hear what the Sky Judge is saying on a call. It's like, yep, I saw
1: this. This was this. This is that. This is what it should be. Off you go. Done. Right? And that's... Something that television would really like to do as well, because you could almost do this as like you could do like a running feed as well through like a website or something or through an app or something for television where you get that direct audio that would drive people to download the app and listen to the audio from the sky judge throughout the course of a game.
0: You wouldn't even need that. You do it. Uh, obviously, Eric is an Aussie rules football fan like me. Every time that mm-hmm. they have a replay, you just hear that conversation. Obviously, he's not going exactly. to be piping in every play. I, I Honestly, would- the way I would set it up is the sky judge has until there's 20 seconds left on the play clock. If he's not seen anything egregious by 20 seconds, then nothing has moved on. Nobody's waiting for it. So obviously if the offense runs up and does their play then, and he hasn't called in yet, then that's fine. But just, just well, that, it's never stop like the that. clock, but just have him be overlooking things. And then if you see something, then you hear him call in and go, Hey, this was missed egregiously. I saw it within these, five seconds and we need to fix it to this.
1: Well, well not to mention, you mentioned the 22nd uh, clock there. If the offense is rushing up there to, to do it, it's basically like the offense trying to avoid an instant replay on a questionable yeah. catch as well. A-
2: absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You can keep that in. And honestly, with Randy, you're absolutely right. If you, you can do it both ways. Say if you have your app or like now that ABC is going to be doing super bowls again and something like this happens, you know how ESPN for big games has their mega cast. Have one channel with their mega cast, see everything from the Sky Judge right there. And then for other games, you can do like how they do in Aussie rules and even in rugby league in Australia. You have him or her in the bunker. You make the call to the bunker. Everybody at home hears the conversation, and then they show the decision, and then that's that. On your go,
1: not that Honestly. hard. And you're telling me that you wouldn't drive people to, like, uh, what's the NFL call their total access or whatever they call their, their game day thing? Mm-hmm. You're telling me people wouldn't go to game day to listen in on the SkyJets conversations like that? I guarantee you people would. Yeah, and if you're going to have, like,
2: full game replays with we'll on, like, NFL Game Pass, if you're going to have it from, like, the All-22... You can also have that behind that paywall from the
1: Sky Judge. See how they saw the game and what was going on. So it's not like it's it's not like it's that difficult of a concept. I think the thing is is teams are worried about constantly delaying the games and stuff. But I think that having a Sky Judge would get rid of some of these delays that we see. Like Randy said, with having the ability to having the ability to correct these egregious mistakes within the first ten within the first five to ten seconds of them happening. Completely agree. Completely agree. All right, let's 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 move over to the college version of New Rules, Eric. Now with
2: the college version. The New Rules, and you had been... It was mentioned in the Ghost Lost to the Mysterious Archives. It was partially correct. How it will be set up. Currently, the first couple overtimes are played... You get the ball from your opponent's 25, you go ahead, what have you. After the third overtime, if you get a touchdown, you're forced to go for two. And after the, once you get to the fifth overtime, it is only two point conversion plays until you have a winner. What under the new format, you will must go for two point conversion if you score a touchdown in the second overtime. And then from the third overtime going forward, it will only be two-point conversion plays.
1: I Honestly, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. Because if, an, if a defense can't stop an offense, then it's not going to matter how many times you make them go for two. We saw the one game last year, what was it, Texas Tech and Baylor go to seven overtimes? Yep. It's not going to matter. You can say that they have to go for two this early, this early, this early. But if neither defense can stop anybody, then what sense sense does that make putting that rule in place?
2: Randy? Oh, Randy first. And then I have an idea how they could fix that going ahead.
0: Yeah, but I I do like it going earlier. Again, if you're not going to stop any, you're not going to stop anybody. But what are their percentages for the the two-point conversions is right around 50-50. So even if it is a great offense against a bad defense, there's still times where you can stop them on the one play. So I, I'm i totally fine with it Um, for what the their overtime is trying to be. Obviously, it's very offensive centric, but at least it's something different. And it's not just here have 10 minutes and then we all have ties anyways. So if you're not going if you're trying to avoid ties and you have to have a winner. Getting it over with faster is fine with me.
1: Truth be told, I don't see why the ties in college football is such a bad thing. Me neither.
2: Me neither. And this is the thing that I was going to, because you have a very similar format in Canada. During a regular season game, they apply same methodology. You start from your opponent's 35-yard line, but after two overtime periods, if it's not decided you're tied, Go home. You're done. And for something like this, you can start it earlier with just the two-point plays. But I would say if you're starting with the two-point plays only in the third overtime, if you still can't decide it after the fifth overtime, then that's just it. If you don't need to keep going and keep going and having a winner, then it's just that's that.
1: Going back to what Randy said earlier in the show, when Randy pointed out that any extra football is good football, in this particular instance, I don't think that's the case because these kids are getting worn out in these long ass games. Kids are more likely to get hurt when they're tired in these long ass games, and the quality of play significantly dips in these long ass games too. Yeah, they're in, they're emotionally invested. Like, you get caught up watching the the back and forth of the overtimes. Absolutely, I can understand that. But you have to think about these kids' well-being as well and the fact that a lot of them still have to get up and go to class on following Monday, too.
2: Exactly. And I will go back to the first long-time, long-overtime game that I saw. There's no reason a game should be tied at 17 at the end of regulation. And the final score would be fifty eight fifty six. If you know the exact game I'm talking about, kudos to you. Because this was burned in my brain the entire time because I watched the entire the first half, missed the second half, but I watched all seven overtimes. And I'm like, it's great and it had a great ending, but at some point, what are you really gonna
1: do? Um. Eric, you're going to be mad at me also in regards to college, and I'll explain why off the air. Okay. Well, there's
2: one more college thing that it's not quite a new rule yet.
1: But it's in the works. It's new rule adjacent.
2: Yes. The college football playoff.
1: Oh, here we go again.
2: No, no. (laughs) But let me explain. There was a four-person management subcommittee that met recently.
1: Sounds like a way to say pay us for doing nothing. Go ahead.
2: Oh, no. They did not do nothing whatsoever. They had a very lengthy discussion, a very thorough discussion. As part of this discussion, they presented not one, not two, not even ten but 63 different models for something to change. Jesus,
1: we're not going to go over all 63 of these, are we?
2: I don't know all 63, and I would not subject you all to it. Maybe just some of the ones I liked. But my my
1: my name is Harry Broadhurst, and welcome to Cram. <laughs>
2: 63 different models and scenarios of playoff expansion. They ranged anywhere from six teams to as many as 16. Now the timing of this is interesting because we're at the tail end of the current CFP contract. It expires over the next couple of years. And as we've all know, And I'm sure there's someone out there who's my twinsy in the argument of the college football playoff as a general. (laughs) But it seems like there's at least some groundwork for changes to be made. And look, I can get all the groans and everything, but Jesus, Harry, would you just shake it off and that way we can continue?
1: Eric, go find a chair. <laughs> Randy, ideally. I'll find a comfortable
2: one as long as I can get a vanilla
1: milkshake. Randy, ideally, how many teams would be in your college football playoff?
0: For me, eight. I think eight's th- a good number. One for each of the Power Five winners. One for the the non-Power Five conference. So they get one represent- representative
1: and then two wild cards. Eric. Yes. What conversation did we just have inside of the kickoff chat? <laughs> My ideal playoff scenario, Randy, would be eight teams. Five from the power five, all five power five champions. Yep. A group of five representative and two yep. wild cards.
2: Yes. I have been on board with the exact same thing. Because again, you've had a lot of good group of five teams and they've performed well in one-off scenarios in bowl games. I would like to see when you have one of these teams in a given year, see, okay, how far would they really go for all those teams who had like really close or the argument or all this and that about, they should have gotten a playoff. Well, you have two wild cards and then for the teams that constantly get left out like, your Pac-12 champion or even some of your other one loss or conference champions, what have you, they would come in too. So for all the talk about, oh, the regular season doesn't, wouldn't matter as much or all of that, you're turning it into March Madness. No, if you have a dominant enough season, you win your conference, you're in even if you had a crazy season but you went and you won your conference you may lose in the quarterfinal, but you still got in as a conference champion
1: more to the like let's say let's say a really good team in the Big 10 runs the table and then loses on a fluke in the championship game they could take one of the wild card spots bingo same thing for like somebody a major team from the SEC or a major team from the Big Twelve or a major team from the pack from the Pac twelve. God forbid two teams be good in the Pac twelve on any one given season because we haven't seen it recently.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, you you have to have more people staying up late because hey, football after dark. If you have more people watching it, you would be able to get more investments. Besides, a lot of good things happen after dark, anyways.
1: You know what does need to stop happening. Football at eleven AM in the morning. What yeah, the no- fuck, Randy I What? Mean, well what's wrong with that? It's it's weird seeing you Pac twelve teams play at eleven AM your time, one PM Pacific. You're you're digging into our time slot over here, man. Wait, what? <laughs> do, you you, you not, guys are Listen you not, the, Pac, the the Pac twelve
0: you you're just saying you have to stay up too eight, so fine, we'll we'll play in the morning. And then you, you
1: guys not, can watch us. Do you not remember this last season when there were Pac-12 games kicking off at 10 a.m. local time in order to be broadcast at 1 p.m. Eastern? Eric, that's what
2: are you. I was trying to decipher what exactly you said. It's yeah, like I, 11 a.m. I, one Pacific. I'm like, what the hell time zones are he in that are going like I, that?
1: I, I said 11 a.m. one Eastern, and I meant to say 10 a. 10. Well, you said, uh,
2: you said eleven a m one Pacific, and I was like, that doesn't work
1: no i i I can't I can't English yeah so them.
2: yeah, like the big noon, like you have like noon and one o'clock games, nine and ten a m now granted, if that means that I am in a very fine establishment where I get to order a nice breakfast at a mimosa and watch college football, would I do that once in a while? Yes, would I incorporate that into a regular routine, no. But at the same time, with the people on the West Coast, when they have their Sunday games, they would start at 10 a.m. anyways. So I can see that level of adjustment.
1: It's it's just weird seeing two Pac-12 teams play at 1 p.m. Pacific at 1 p.m. Eastern.
2: That's just because you don't want to be dedicated enough to go out in the pajamas and tailgate with coffee, pancakes, and breakfast sausage.
1: Okay, that implies that I drink coffee, and it's gross. Fine. Orange juice,
2: like I care You get my point Although, ooh, in the morning If you would have the ripe like blueberry pancakes A good sausage with maple syrup a white right screwdriver That's a good breakfast Bro, chocolate
1: chip pancakes Come on now, be better Eh, chocolate chip waffles Yeah, okay, fair Can we put whipped cream on the waffles? It is, oh, it is still absolutely- technically breakfast absolutely whipped cream
2: on the waffles all day. (laughs) Just whatever you do, don't look for the
1: blue waffles. Not to
2: mention you can put the whipped cream a few other places too. I mean, it's just show chunk. Number six, Eric. Well, we go from the more things change to the more things stay the same. And yes, I did that on purpose for this one particular story. The redacted's in our hearts, but the football team still officially. And it's come out that not only would that be the name for the 2021 season, but it could be the permanent fixture in and around our nation's capital. But yes, Daniel Snyder, who, by the way... His uh, buying out all the minority owners and taking sole ownership of the team is also looking to profit off this by having a documentary series making the brand, if and when the new official permanent name is decided upon.
1: Randy, I'm going to let you go first here because I have a very specific opinion here, and I don't want to have to have anybody follow it.
0: No, go ahead, because I have zero opinion on this.
2: (laughs) Eric? Yes? Do you have an opinion on this? I mean, this is Daniel Snyder being classic Daniel Snyder. I think, yeah, I can get what you're trying to do with the whole making the brand, but I think it's a little bit stupid and over the top. And... This shows how little he cares because this is a situation that's been bubbling up and you could have had the forethought of having at least some trademarks for things on standby or even being in a situation like the EE football team up in Edmonton in the CFL. It's like, okay, we get it. This is temporary, but we're going to have a hard deadline here. Let's reach out to the fans. Here's some names to pick from. Let's get going. There's been none of that from Daniel Snyder. And, well, this continues his ineptitude at ownership.
1: <laughs> We've been doing this show for damn near five years now, Eric. Mm-hmm. The, start of season, the start of season five is fastly approaching. How time flies. <laughs> if there is one thing... That I can specifically say, I have learned over the course of the five years that we have been doing this podcast, there is no bigger piece of garbage in the NFL than Daniel Snyder from everything about wanting not wanting to change the name in the first place to finally changing the name and trying to make and trying to make a bank off of it. To now trying to franchise the name by going out with trying to do the making the brand thing that he's going to try to license for a television series or a made-for-TV movie or whatever. To the cameras that were placed inside of the workplaces and on various employees as well as cheerleaders.
2: Yeah, we've had those conversations.
1: This guy has added literally nothing of value to to the National Football League in his time as an owner. And the only thing that Daniel Snyder has done is embarrass the good goddamn name of the sport of professional football. Mr. Snyder, I say this with as much sincerity as I can possibly muster. Get fucked, you asshole. And get out of the NFL. Let the team be run by somebody competent because you clearly aren't.
2: I'm going to see if I can actually get that going on Twitter. I wonder if he has a Twitter account. I'm going to look into that for when I make the post.
1: (laughs) I don't tirade often, but when I do, it's usually worth a listen.
2: From the most interesting voice of reason in the world.
1: (laughs) I only drink Doseckis. <laughs> and I also go to getgrammarly.com backslash W2M network in order to help me type out my tirades. <laughs> go, go to getgrammarly.com backslash W2M network for a free trial of the software. And you, too, can be able to put your tirades into actually excellently, excellently textured rants suitable for podcasts such as this.
2: I where i feel so proud right now the only thing that would top this is if you finally get snapchat i'm damn near shedding tears over here man
1: <laughs> all, all i'm gonna say eric is we've said it many times on this show
2: we can't be bought but we can be rented
1: chunk number seven sir
2: lucky number seven the seventh and final chunk a a nod to one of my favorite australian shows and uh borrowing one of their segments thank you maddie johns and the crew shout out to fletcher 90 real quick before hmm? before
1: you do that real quick randy i watch aussie rules too go kangaroos um i know um, we suck it's okay go ahead eric North
2: Melbourne Kangaroos five goals, nine behind, thirty-nine points. Western Bulldogs twenty-five goals, seventeen behind, one hundred sixty-nine or one hundred sixty-seven points. You would
1: say one hundred sixty-nine.
2: I, I I wish they had us kick those too, but I mean, hey, what have you? You, you still I, get I heard that.
1: I already know that my reviews are garbage right now. It's okay. I've accepted it. Go ahead and give your shout-outs to your Australian television shows.
2: Exactly. Matty Johns and their crew, great show. Have been watching on and off for a little while. Very great as far as the lineup on Fox League down in Aussie. But I digress. The name of this segment, not the NFL news. Well... If you, like I have, have been following Ah. north of the border Uh and in other leagues, you would know that there has been some very, very prominent changes and talks. So for this first one, XFL plus CFL equals question mark. Over the past couple of months, this has been a very, very, very dynamic story. With the XFL being particularly quiet, and The Rock and Danny Garcia also publicly hyping up other ventures, everyone is wondering whether the XFL will be coming back in 2022, or might kick the candle until 2023. And these news, and with what was going on with the CFL during their delay, amplified those talks. Yes, the CFL announced that they're going to start their season August 5th and they're going to play 14 games this year instead of 18 plans may shift with the allowance of whether or not fans will be in the stands but in all this time there were talks hot and heavy officially the XFL and the CFL have been discussing a partnership trying to work on different details as part of that partnership unofficially through all different sources, we're talking interleague games and XFL CFL championship to everything like a hybrid rule set, what have you. Now, none of these talks have really been officially denied, so that leads me to thinking with everything going on in the CFL with losses of 60 to $80 million from not playing last season and the federal government not giving them money to help stay afloat either last season or this season, where would the state of both leagues go
1: from all of this? All right, I'll go ahead and go first here. Eric, we've actually kind of had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. Where we talked about a potential merger between the CFL and the XFL. Oh, yes. And, and
2: I have been definitely plugging North American gridiron rules every chance I get during these past 60,
1: 70 days. And that is going to be the major thing that I think has to be worked out is if there is a merger between the XFL and the CFL, which I could 100% see happening, especially since the current owner of the XFL actually played briefly in the CFL. I don't know uh, if that's Calgary
2: stampeders spent some time on their squad nineteen ninety
1: five I don't know if that's all exactly public knowledge as well that Rock was a former CFL player, so he has a vested interest in the viability of the Canadian Football League as well because he knows that it was a potential launching pad to his NFL career, which he wanted coming out of college at the u mm-hmm. oh, so my thought process. My my thought process to this would be one of two things happens here. If the Canadian government does not continue to subsidize the CFL, I 100% would not be surprised to see Rock buy the CFL as well. Well, that would be beneficial,
2: but then you would have a couple of different hurdles in some aspects. Because there's one particular, well, I'll break it down this way. You've had some executives talk under the record of anonymity about what's going on in different valuations. Big markets, they mentioned Toronto, Montreal, one other. They said those teams would be basically worth nothing about nothing. And you had one particular kind of antagonist. That has propped up in all of these situations. Are you familiar with the
1: company Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment? The name sounds. V- isn't that the team that? Isn't that the group that owns like the the Maple Leafs and like the Raptors and stuff? Correct. The Maple Leafs, the
2: Raptors, and the Toronto Argonauts. Those who followed the CFL intensely last season would re- note that they did have some attempts and were suggesting a bubble season in Winnipeg that fell through one of the main reasons. And it's come out more and more MLSC pretty much as the owner of a cornerstone CFL franchise, put the kibosh on it and their names have come up even more and more in talks about letting the CFL as it is now die because there's been rumblings and things behind the scenes that they have been trying to angle for an NFL team in Toronto and have for several years. So that's going to lead to a very major dynamic if any offers like that come up.
1: Well, we've also talked about the dynamic of Toronto trying to get an NFL team in the past as well with the uh, hosting of the Buffalo Bills games there, under the belief that the Bills were going to eventually move to Toronto until the Bills franchise was purchased by the Pegulas.
2: Right. Not to mention some legislation in Canadian Parliament about the CFL being the only game on Canadian soil, which helped for a bit, but I don't necessarily think the issue entirely went away. And that's my thing, especially with the interesting rules about the hybrid rule set going four downs, 100 yard fields in length. 15-yard end zones, the uprights would be at the back of the end zone in the U.S., but in the front of the end zone in Canada, all kinds of different things going on. It wouldn't surprise me if something like that were to happen. My only sticking point, and this has been a sticking point with Canadian fans, if you can keep them as kind of semi-separate entities, a la AFL and NFL, the second half of the 60s leading up to the completion of the merger, To help, at a minimum, protect the Canadian player ratio, that is something that would have to be a major factor north of the border for any kind of merger to continue to work in order to be able to continue to foster Canadian talent, rather than all of them being squeezed out by more and more American players.
1: Randy, you haven't said much during this discussion. What are your thought process on the potential merger of the CFL and the XFL? Honestly, it's because
0: it, it's it's difficult to figure out. It would be nice to see the XFL last more than a year before anyone else tries to merge with them to, to, to make sure they work. Uh, to me, this is like AEW and Impact working together, if you want to go back to another wrestling reference. it I'll believe it when I see it as far as it actually working. like um, they, they can work nicely together, but as far as making it a big impact... Pun intended. Um, I'll I'll wait to see it happening.
1: Okay, A, which one is the impact bit? In other words, which one's bitch in this relationship? Because clearly, impact's the bitch in that relationship.
0: You would have to think the XFL, even though technically, impact's been around long, so you'd think that's the CFL, but.
1: Second of all, I think that the connotation of the combined leagues would help bring the XFL back stronger than having to attempt to run it on its own.
0: It could. It depends on how many, like how much they're going to expand the league. Or if they're just going to work together and get a couple teams in the States and kind of balance things out. It'll be really interesting to see what they do if it gets there. But if the XFL, the XFL is coming back next season, it won't be with this merger.
2: And that's really kind of the crux of everything. Now that the CFL has announced that they're going to come back to play, it's on the XFL to really see if they're going to come back at all, what that's going to be like. I wouldn't mind the merger. And there were initially talks 18, 19 teams. I honestly would think, and again, slight personal bias, you could get away with 20 10 in Canada. You have nine now when there was already talks of an expansion team leading up to the pandemic in the Atlantic region, like having a team in Halifax and Nova Scotia. And then you had eight teams in the XFL, so you could easily go ahead and not expand that past 10. Yes, the situation with the Roughnecks would have to be sorted out because they need a new logo thanks to a suit that came out with their existing logos both of them being saying nope it's too close to the oilers logo this one's too close to the patriots logo sorry neither of these are going to
1: work So All right, let me ask you let me ask you a quick question about that eric okay do you do you think canadian rules would work in the within american for american fans not some of them yes
2: like with the three downs because You're looking for something different than the NFL and with the freedom of movement of wide receivers and stuff before the line. They already experimented with much quicker play clocks. You have that in the CFL with 20 seconds. That would work. My only problem, you could not use a CFL field. They tried that in places in the States with the American expansion in the mid 90s. You had Memphis. Memphis baltimore las vegas a couple others you just couldn't find enough places with that much space
1: that's the yeah point. i w- i would okay. agree that I would agree that it would be more likely that we play on American fields for the XFL, but I think otherwise, even the um, since a lot of these places don't have NFL teams, you could move the goalposts up to the front of the end zones. It would take some getting used to for the American players, but you could move the goalposts up. You could bring the Rouge to the United States with the one point for not taking a kick or a punt out of the end zone or a missed field goal out of the end zone. So I think that there are, via- I think there's viability for it. I just, I'm curious as to how the American fans would translate to the Canadian game. Randy? So why
0: not we, why not just go all in with, with the gimmicks of what an XFL CFL merger could be. And if a Canadian team or a, a original CFL team is hosting, you play by CFL rules. rules. If you are at home for the XFL team, you play by XFL rules and make
2: everyone confused as to what is going on i mean technically they do do that with the six-man football tournaments the like I'm, these kind of like an international sort of a game if it's being played in texas or another six-man field here in the states they go by those rules and then it when it's played up in canada they go by canadian rules
1: so it'd be fun to watch randy i'm not gonna lie The thought of American teams trying to figure out what the fuck a roosh is is hilarious to me. Oh,
2: not to mention the ending, one of the craziest games of any sort of football, Montreal
1: Alouettes at the (laughs) The Toronto Argonauts. The video you sent me, we'll have to include the link in the show bio just so that way people can see how ridiculous this is.
2: Imagine... Having that sort of an ending by, like, say, a Tampa Bay going and doing that and knowing or trying to either pull that off or defend it, that alone would be worth the price of admission. Are we done here, Eric? Almost. The final topic, the Spring League has sprung. Yes, it took this long, but I'm circling back to Pat McAfee since you mentioned him and working with Fox. The Spring League which we saw those of you saw a little bit of last season on Fox. It's coming back and it's coming back in a big way. They start their season March 6th. You're going to have essentially two divisional bubbles, one in Houston with four teams, one in Indianapolis with four teams, a full double round robin and a championship game. They've got their coaches. They've got their quarterbacks. They've got their lineups. You'll have some coaches you would know and some players from the AAF, those from the XFL, and it looks like they're the ones really stepping up, even with their issues last season,
1: to trying to fill that gap. I didn't watch any of the Spring League last year, so I can't really comment on this. Randy?
0: Yeah, The only, reason, only things I've ever saw from... the the spring stuff is the Twitter wars that the teams would go (laughs) and I would watch that, but I I didn't watch any of the games either.
2: I mean, there, it's not like the all high, high, high quality, like you would expect because there, you've got players trying to put on film and stuff to get on NFL teams. But I honestly think for those who, like you mentioned with us earlier, if you've got an appetite for different forms of football, plus with this year, the spring league saying that, they're going to try out a rule that was proposed for the NFL but did not fly regards of what happens with the coin toss in the winner of that.
1: I would be all for it. Well let me ask you this, Mr. Watkins. Mm-hmm. Is this any was the Spring League in any way similar to that FCF that we saw guys like Johnny Mansell involved with? Hell no. And I'm going
2: to say this. I gave the FCF a lot of chances, signed up with the app, picked my team, all of these things. But I'm sorry. That league is a
1: fucking joke. Tell us how you really feel, Mr. Watkins. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard him be so adamantly against football. F- felt kind of weird
2: hearing that. I'm not going to lie. I'm usually not, but if I see a turd and it smells like a turd and looks like one, I'm going to say, hey, flush this shit down the toilet
1: ASAP. So you're saying that the FCS, the FCF, not FCS, we actually like the FCS on this show. The FCF is the non-NFL equivalent of Daniel Snyder? Yes,
2: absolutely. They tried, had great intentions, but... It was even being lambasted by your FCF diehards during the season. I mean, yes, you're going to have a great kind of TV gimmick and setup, but you couldn't get the decisions right with the referees. They were hot garbage. A lot of the stuff with the streams and dealing with the app and the interface that you build it around, semi-garbage. I mean, come on. Don't... It- If you're going to piss on my leg, don't tell me it's raining. Just piss on my leg and I'll move positions. Family show? (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Uh, all four, you know, giving and
1: receiving. Nope. 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 I'm going to mute your microphone, Watkins. I started the call. I can do that here on Skype. All right, so we actually owe you guys a little bit of an explanation as to why Mr. Isbell is back this week. And, Randy, I want to thank you for joining us for the news desk. It was nice to have you yeah, back no, on the show. Yeah,
0: no, no problem. I'm glad we got, finally got schedules synced up. Well, I was supposed to be on several other shows.
1: <laughs> hopefully, we can, hopefully, even if you don't appear on the show on a weekly basis, you can still be part of Are You Serious this season if you're interested.
0: Yeah, I mean, it all kind of depends on how my schedule is next fall with classes and work and stuff, but there's a good chance
1: of it, yeah. Literally, all you'd have to do is just send us your pics as a voice memo and we could edit it into the show. Harry,
2: Harry, Harry, he, he's big-timing us. Don't you get it? You get yeah,
0: it? I, 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 me and my, my, my four viewers, which one of them is right over
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that actually kind of ties into why Randy is back this evening as you guys know the n f l draft we're recording this podcast on wednesday the twenty ninth eighth eighth yes okay we're recording this podcast on wednesday the twenty eighth tomorrow night thursday april thirtieth is the first night of the n f l draft twenty nine i said twenty ninth you just said you said thirty i did Oh, my God, I'm special. All right, anyway. So tomorrow night is Thursday, April 29th. I got it right. All right. Jeez, uh,
2: first Kennedy on the latest episode of Black Irish, and now you. She could at yeah. least, well, I mean.
1: <laughs> anyway, the R&R Sports Report, Mr. Isbell over there, as well as his co-host, Robert Hagan, are doing a live reaction show on their Facebook page, to the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. The reason Mr. Isbell is joining us once again tonight in order to promote that show is because representing the W2M network and by proxy, the kickoff on that particular show will be our own Mr. Eric Watkins. So, Randy, why why don't you go ahead and give everybody details first about the show and then where they can find your draft podcast tomorrow.
0: Yeah, the show is is about... I'd say 40% local to the Valley that I live into here in Idaho. The rest of the 60% we hit, you know, national sports. We talk a lot of Aussie rules football as well. And Eric has a lot of fun with that. Uh, We've gotten Robert Hagan completely hooked on Aussie rules football. Now, not only did he watch his Geelong team play last week, he actually went back and watched Hawthorne play because he saw the, the score was close. So we've got him watching multiple games a week, which is fantastic. Uh, but you can check that out. The best way to, to find the show is on the Facebook or YouTube pages. Just search r and Sports Report for that. Obviously, you can check it out on, on klcc.com as well. But the Facebook page is the easiest way to go because that's when you can communicate with us. That's Tuesdays, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. And then as far as this draft goes, we will start that on Thursday for round one at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So right around the time that the other broadcasts get going. Gives us a good 15-20 minutes before the first pack pick actually goes up. And as Harry said, Eric Watkins from this show will be on. And then a, another guy that's local here in and Idaho, who used to be in the college and is part of the Time Spent Poorly Network, um, Derek Yawn, will also be on. And then we're going to just allow people to hop on because we use StreamYard and it's pretty simple to I send you the link. You hop on for a minute, talk about your team and and react to the draft and we kick you back off and and i think we're gonna have a fun three or four hours and and a lot of back and forth and seeing how how long eric can stay pg-13
2: see and this uh, is what happens when you acquiesce to my re- requests about mentioning things like aussie rules and five pin bowling on the
1: show you're welcome <laughs> It is the beginning of what we hope will be an extended partnership between the R&R Sports Report and the kickoff. Obviously, we here at the kickoff wish Randy nothing but the best with R&R. He knows he's welcome to join us anytime he, his schedule allows here on the kickoff. Uh, yeah, just but do you
0: notice you, you invited me back, and then half of the kickoff decided not to show up for the show, <laughs> including you know, one I, that has never even met me yet. So my reputation
1: fairness. sees me. In fairness, she had a son situation of him not wanting to go to bed tonight.
2: I, I and I to totally also understand. be fair, it would have been an even more interesting meeting because she herself mentioned that she would be drunk. So there is next time. <laughs> to which I
1: responded, and you'll get a kick out of this, so that would make you this episode's Jason. <laughs> You're my boy, Lou! Hold
0: on, let me get under the desk, hold on. <laughs> But as 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 far as the drafting goes, Harry, I, obviously I know you're going to be out and about with friends. If you want to just send your responses to what the Bills do, I, obviously I know you're hoping for a running back. I, let Eric or I know, and and we will we will get the yeah. word out to the three people that watch our show.
1: We talked about this when we did our caught in the mock draft episode last week here on the kickoff, and I specifically stated that if Etienne falls to Buffalo at thirty, I do think the Bills should take him. Oh, that being. That being said, I don't necessarily know that Etienne will fall to us. Eric does not have Etienne falling to us. And and if he doesn't, because I know you kind of want him in that, what was it, 24 spot that the Jets have?
0: I honestly see the Jets moving up and picking three times in the first round. So with either of those two picks, I want them to take Etienne for sure.
1: And then... uh, So Eric seems to think that we're going to be taking Jalen Phillips, a defensive end. Which, I mean, wouldn't be the worst idea in Buffalo, especially after letting uh, Harrison go. Uh, Harrison Phillips, I believe, is no longer a bill now, so it wouldn't be the worst idea to give somebody a little bit there. Hopefully, Ed Oliver can come into his own on the defense this season and kind of fill the gap left by Harrison Phillips leaving, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's the RNR Sports Report, klcz.com, 6 to 8 p.m. every Tuesday night, Pacific time, 9 to 11 Eastern, 4 to 7 Hawaiian, I think.
2: Correct. See, again, four four, now are just showing Excuse off me. at this point.
1: 4 to 6 Hawaiian. I gave them an extra hour.
2: Which, I mean, y'all have been talking about it. Y'all have been talking about it. Y'all have been talking about it.
1: Yeah, well,
0: maybe in the fall. Obviously, the things will kind of slow down in the summer. Um, but yeah, they, especially with with having two guests on uh, on the show every week, that two hours just f- flies by. We always have a a sheet that we come out with different topics that we want to hit, and 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 kind of timestamps that we kind of want to follow. It never works. It absolutely never works. Hey,
1: in hey, addition, hey. go ahead. In a, I was just going to say. In addition, you can also still listen to Randy here on the W2M network on his other podcast. Isn't that right, Mister Isabel?
0: Yeah, you can listen to Chapter Select um, and Chapter Select at the movies. Obviously, it's the same thing. But one we do video games. The other one we do movies based on video games. Uh, what is coming out on Friday? We the, the one thing a good thing about that podcast is we can record early. So I always forget what's on the schedule. <laughs> I, think I know
2: your latest episode that just Kombat. Was, was combat the '95 Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So movie? next
0: this Friday will be part one of Odin Sphere, the video game, and then next Friday will be our review on the new Mortal Kombat that just came out.
1: Speaking of the new Mortal Kombat, I feel the need to take this opportunity to to give a quick shout out to Rattledge in broadcasting, and specifically. Uh, the Rattle and Movies section of Rattledge and Broadcasting. Our very own Jason Teasley joins Mark Rattledge, amongst others, for their Mortal Kombat review over yep. on uh, the Rattle and Broadcasting Network, which is affiliated with W2M as well. Eric, where can yep. people find you online?
2: Damn you, Hollywood. That episode just posted. Thank you.
1: If you look up on the
2: W2M Network archives, yeah, people can find me. At Squid Sports Head on Twitter. Yes, I am going to be live tweeting things and I will also be sending out the link so that way you can see me and my reactions and place bets on how drunk I will get and how many bombs I will drop. I mean, either way, knowing me, the over is probably a safe bet.
0: I, I will say, if for some reason. Jacksonville trades with the jets out of one. I will just have to kick Eric off the podcast. Cause I know it's just going to go really bad. Oh,
2: <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty safe bet. Dems them, facts though. <laughs> and when you're not finding me with all these things and doing live tweeting and other stuff, you can find me on Facebook, starting my appropriate flame wars and getting into some, maybe other mischief. Look for Eric Watkins, you know, the deal, guy in the recliner with the wine what have you and if you're looking for something extra awesome slide into my dms undergo the proper and thorough vetting process and you will gain access to things like my dark twitter my snapchat my telegram which i'm orchestrating some things on uh my only fans which i'm also orchestrating a few other things on maybe my kick whatever kind of uh, apps of that nature if <sighs> it exists and if i can use it You'll get to it. And as always, this is brought to you by the fine folks of the very real SunBiz registered, Randy, Rick's <laughs> TNT LLC. Tutoring and tax consultation service is currently available. Website and commercial coming soon. Notary public and wedding officiant services available in the state of Florida. <laughs> yes, it's a real
1: legitimate <laughs> business. Yes. And- I even filed and it, taxes. <laughs> and I can even take that a step further. I'm actually working with him on the commercial that's coming soon for his real legitimate business.
2: Thank you.
0: I only took it as a joke because it's been coming soon since I started with the kickoff last year.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong there. No, no. <laughs> that, that, that
2: that Those are more facts, though. I can't uh, I can't. Eric, I'll make you a deal. Yeah.
1: If people want my thoughts on the draft, if you're live tweeting about the draft, tag me in the post and I'll comment underneath it. Okay, we can do that. Go ahead and tag me in the uh tag me on the tweet or whatever. Tag me on Twitter, I'll get the notification. I'll set up the thing to give me my Twitter notifications, and I'll give you my thoughts on each of the picks as as I get the notifications. Sounds perfect. All right. You can find me at HGB the Eagle pretty much anywhere social media related, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MySpace back when it was a thing. I miss MySpace specifically. I miss having songs that could play in the background while you were browsing people's pages. Those were the shit. Oh MySpace. Tom, Tom, we took you for granted and we regret it sincerely.
2: We love you, Tom. I I, I couldn't take advantage
1: of all the MySpace shenanigans back then. You would definitely be in my in my top eight, Tom. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I'm still not on Snapchat, even though Eric is going to keep beating that dead horse.
0: Hey, so I know I'm just a, a guest here, but I, I think a bet should be in order. I, I don't know what Eric's side can be on, but I think if Jacksonville has a better record than Buffalo this upcoming season, Harry has to get Snapchat.
1: Well, that's obviously not gonna happen, so Which I will is take why that you bet.
0: should accept there you go. It's been accepted, Eric. There you go. You have something to look forward to. Excellent. Yeah, except, See, except, except, since I am a
2: participant of this bet, I cannot officially bear witness, but Randy himself is bearing witness to this.
1: I'm in. Here's the question now. What what are the stakes if Jacksonville doesn't have a better we'll talk about this off air? <laughs>
0: yeah. You you'll figure it out. To be determined. It's like a, a baseball trade
1: where yes, a, a player goes
0: for a, a pick to be named later. You you'll figure. It's,
2: it. So it's under. So it's a condition to be
1: named later. Got it. Yes. It's and potentially cash considerations. Anywho. <laughs> um. In addition, you can find me on Grapple as well. Uh, Randy. Yes. We talked. We talked quite a bit of wrestling on this show. I actually have some big news to drop to you. Here. I make my 411 Mania debut this weekend. Were you not on 411 before? Uh, I was a part of the of the W2M wrestling podcast that were posted on 411. But this is actually writing an article on 411. I am going to be part of the revamped 4Rs with Tony Acero on 411 I, Mania.
0: I saw them post that. I God, It made me feel really, really old. <laughs> 'Cause I remembered Tony, when those first debuted. I was actually writing for the site when those first debuted.
1: In tribute to Larry, as a way to remember Larry, Tony has right. decided to bring back the four R's, the right, the wrong, the ridiculous, and the purgatory of professional wrestling. Tony's gonna handle Raw. I'm covering NXT. Michael ornelas will cover AEW and Robert Winfrey, he of the MMA section as well will be covering SmackDown for the 4Rs. My debut article about last night's episode of NXT TV will debut on 411 Mania this Sunday. That's awesome. That's very cool. I I
0: was so happy to see the 4Rs come back. It legit put a smile on my face.
1: And in addition, myself and Mr. Acero also do the raw reaction. Well, the reaction. You get so used to cult. today's actually the seven year anniversary of the reaction. August, August, wow. April twenty eighth, two thousand and fourteen was the very first edition of the of the Raw reaction.
0: How you have watched seven straight years of that show?
1: I I commend you. <laughs> so it's myself, Tony Acero, the DSDO on the wrestling side, and the co-hostess with the assist, Miss Liz Puglisi, there. Which reminds me, tonight's episode of the kickoff is dedicated to the memory of Angela Puglisi. We miss you, Nanny. You can't you can't see it on an audio podcast, but Eric threw up the heart as well for you, Liz. <laughs> You have been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network, available online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services, such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Eric, guess what? Spotify is here. And Daniel Snyder, you're still a dick! Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time here on The Kickoff. The draft review extended form on the W2M network.